Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm author and publisher Tracy L. Slatten. It's my belief that the most interesting, creative, and original voices today are heard outside of the big corporations, studios, and galleries. Individuals of courage, inspiration, and vision are seizing the opportunities to create and promote their art themselves. I'm here to support them and to bring their stories to you. On this show, I'll interview independent artists of all kinds, unusual thinkers, and even some healers about their process. How do they do it? How do they start with an idea and bring it to life in the world? This show intends to illuminate the journey. Feel free to call in to 516-453-6052 with questions or live chat with me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartiststhinkers. Great to have you with us. This is Tracy L. Slatten, hosting Independent Artists and Thinkers. I am so happy to welcome you to the show. I've got a great show lined up for you today. And I'm really delighted that people are listening to the show live and in the archives on Block Talk Radio and in the iTunes podcast channel. So thanks for tuning in, and I, I really hope you're enjoying these interviews. I created this show to support those brave souls who are operating outside the structures of the big established corporations. As the intro to this show says, I intend to illuminate the unusual journey and to bring it to you. I'm interested in alternatives to conventional thinking and conventional answers. I'm interested in creativity, fresh ideas, unusual perspectives, and originality. And this show aims to bring you models of people who embody those qualities. Please call in with questions or comments to 516-453-6052. You can also live chat me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartistthinkers, and the, the chat room's open. So if you have a question or you want to say hi, just type it in. Email me in between shows if you'd like to suggest a guest or have me ask questions of a particular guest. You can reach me at tracy at tracylslatin.com, and that's T-R-A-C-I at T-R-A-C-I, L like lion, S like Sam, L like lion, A-T-O-N.com. So I've got some great guests coming on. Um, Next week, I'm probably taking a sabbatical. So it will be a few weeks. I do have an author named Tom Hughes. And then um, Miyoko and Matthew Oshevsky will be on talking about women's boxing. Miyoko is a champion called the Hawaiian Mongoose. Um, a Golden Glove winner and a professional champion, and Matthew is her coach. And he was he Matthew Oshevsky, also known as Matthew Sykes, is formerly a world kickboxing champion, and he was my coach when I boxed for a few years. They're a wonderful couple, and so at some point they'll be on. So tune in and keep checking the website independentartistthinkers.com and the Blog Talk Radio page to find out who'll be on the show. And um, I might be moving platforms. I might leave blogtalkradio.com and go to a different platform. So uh, there'll be plenty of announcements on the website, on the Facebook page, and everywhere else um, to let people know. So I am so happy today to have image consultant Lauren Solomon as our guest. Lauren Solomon, MBA, AICICIP. Lauren is the trusted image advisor 
to CEOs, corporations, and individuals worldwide, the former VP of Professional Image Development at Chase Manhattan Bank, as well as an internationally renowned speaker, author, coach, and media personality. She has worked across every continent and industry from Disney to Amex, Bulgari to Pfizer. Her proven ability to take each individual's unique message from the inside and express it authentically and effectively on the outside has transformed the lives and businesses of clients around the globe. And you can find out more about Lauren at laurensolomon.com and on Twitter at LSImage. And she's amazing and wonderful. Lauren, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you coming on. And um, I just, I'm going to give a comment here for my listeners. Before I begin with my usual opening question, I'm going to offer an anecdote, and that is how we met. And that is years ago when I first started getting books published, I was looking around for someone to talk to about how to look more professional. Um, and I consulted with you, and I offered you a testimonial, which I guess went on your website. And then a year or two after that, I was meeting with an old friend in San Francisco, and he said, what's that about, the testimonial you gave? And what it was about was that after years and years of working at home as a mother and a writer and a hands-on healer, um, which is all stuff I just did at home, you know, in my own home office, I wanted to create a more professional public image for myself, and you did a wonderful job. Thank you. I'm so glad you're pleased, and I'm so glad we're still connected. Me too. Um, so I just want to tell people that I myself used your services, and I really had a great result. Probably need an update, so maybe I'll email you or talk to you about that later. But here's my <laughs> usual opening question for my guest, and it's a big one. And it, I open with it because it really situates listeners into who you are and what you're about. And that is, how did you begin your journey and what has it taken for you to arrive at the place where you are currently? What training did you have? When did you know you were going to be involved in image consulting? Was appearance and public persona a major presence in your home when you were growing up? What did you think you would be? So talk about your childhood and lead up till now. I can do that. So the story goes, I, I got my first makeup kit when I was three. And I got my first hair client when I was four because my dad uh, – you know, I was tall enough to stand behind the chair and comb his four hairs, and he let me. And today, at, even today at 83 years old, he's so happy to tell you he was my first client. <laughs> and that we, we changed the aerodynamics of his whole head spin. So that, that was an early, an early achievement. But fast forward, I was in, this was a hobby, uh, styling people, taking them into my closet, uh, to bringing them out happier, looking better, feeling better, and also doing the costumes for all the family plays when all the cousins would get together. I was responsible for the costuming and the makeup and pulling through my mother's closet and my brother's closet and whoever's closet was available to me, I had access. And, and I did costuming for a long time, very unofficially, as you can as you can see. But fast forward, these were things that I had always done uh, for friends, when my friends were getting married the first time, I did their makeup. I did the makeup for the bridal party. I helped them select the dresses. Uh, when they got divorced, we designed their parties. When they got married the second time, we designed them again. So this was just a theme. And I was in business school at NYU, part of the executive MBA program, and we were given an assignment 
to create a business we would love to walk out to. Now, we were all executives, a minimum of 10 years in our corporate uh, corporate life, and I was miserable. I was crying myself to sleep five nights yeah. a week. There, there just wasn't enough concealer on the planet to cover up my brown puppy eyes. And I took this assignment to heart. Mm. And I really, I went home and I said, what would I do 24-7, 365 for the rest of my life if I could? And this was it. So I designed, uh, I designed a program to show my, client, my classmates what this could do. And I basically pitched them and said, if I could save you time, energy, and money and help you show up as the tract all you desire and deserve, would that be of value? And all the hands went up, and I started shopping New York City for my classmates. Mm. So that was that was what I call the first time the universe kissed me and said go. No, oh, I love that. That's a wonderful way to phrase it. Where did you get the, the courage, Lauren? The Where did courage. you get the courage? I, I think I've always had courage. I mean, I, I have huge fear, but it results in huge courage. Um, I I have a willingness to take a certain amount of risk. I have a lot of security in my history. I mean, I don't mean financial security, but I mean emotional security with family and friends and a very a very tight support group that I think have always encouraged me and made me very willing to understand that I see opportunities or I see something that may not be familiar, but I see an opportunity and I, I'm willing to go for it. I certainly was in those days. <laughs> I don't know that, so that I'm so you, jumping on it now. <laughs> well, you made a big move, I know, from one coast to the other. I think that's pretty courageous and gutsy. Well, and that's because of the business, really. I was I was commuting between New York and L.A. for five years. And, um, and then New York had, oh, I got rear-ended in Beverly Hills. That'll be the title of my next book. Uh, <laughs> rear-ended in Beverly Hills. And... And I went back to New York, and New York was in a series of nor'easters, back-to-back, four-foot snowstorms, and I couldn't leave my house. It was treacherous. It was painful. And I was back in California, heading back again to New York, right into another nor'easter, and just on at that moment said, I, I'm done. I'm going to come live where the happy, sunny people live. Maybe I'll become a happy, sunny person, <laughs> too. <laughs> I did. That was That was a big move, but... Again, I guess all in in perspective of things that I've done in the past where I did present this to my classmates, I then started taking postgraduate work in image around New York City and other, you know, uh, with independent practitioners. Mm -hmm. I was practicing on my then team at the then chemical bank, and they started to use some of my tips and tools and they started to show up differently and it was recognized by the CEO and the head of the sales organization. They wow. came and asked me they came and asked me if what I was doing and was this something I could do for the whole organization. Of course I said yes. I had no idea <laughs> what I was gonna do. I had no idea. So was but that, you, know, you say yes. Lauren, was that the transition? So first you're in class, you you're thinking, What do I what would I love to do? You've figure it out, you design it, you pitch it to your class, you start shopping for them. What was the transition between shopping for them and, and doing it at work? Was there, was there or did you just start implementing those ideas? Well, I, would, I was going to school at the time. I was going back to school for image. 
and I would bring those ideas. I went to school on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and Wednesday and Friday, my little team and I had lunch and learns, and I would bring in all kinds of tools, so eyeglasses, hats, collars, different things that were in the school closet that we could use as examples. And again, it was really the transformation that my teammates were going through that created the transition for me because it it woke up an awareness um, among senior management that something was happening here. These people were looking different. They were being more respected as a result of it. They were, um, you know, received differently within the organization. And that it was palpable for a CEO and a head of a sales organization that size. I mean, we were 30,000 people in the organization. And for an organization that size to take note that – that there was a change. We were the transformation team for the merger between Chemical Bank and Manufacturers Hanover. So we had presence among management, but we didn't have a whole lot of respect. And that Mm -hmm. started to shift. And it started to shift because we showed up differently. And they asked, what's going on there? And my office mate at the time uh, said, you know, you need to talk to Lauren. She wasn't sure if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but she said, you need to talk to Lauren. (laughs) She didn't know where they were going with the question. She didn't really Mm -hmm. want to stick around to find out. But it enabled me to then have a conversation that changed my life. I mean, when when the head of the sales organization called and said, what are you doing? I've been trying to bring image to this organization for 15 years. HR won't let me risk exposure, discrimination. But you're obviously doing something different because you've got people who are doing it and embodying the change, and it's good for them. It's a personal benefit for them. What are you doing? And by the way, can you do it for the whole organization? That was the second time the universe kissed me and said, go. Uh-huh. And I, I said, absolutely, yes, I can do this. It took me a couple months to figure it out with a lot of support and assistance and a lot of research. And three months later, they created a position for me as vice president of professional image development for Chemical Bank, which four weeks later became Chase Manhattan Bank. Wow. So that was the transition. To say that I, you know, I motivated it directly, it was my action that motivated it, but I didn't know it was going to go that far. As a matter of fact, I would often be the voice saying, you know, every corporation in the world should have an inside image expert to to really pay attention to the human asset of the brand, right? How the Mm -hmm. human asset of an organization aligns with the brand because, if your people aren't aligned, your multiple millions of dollars on your brand just don't matter. And that was where it stemmed from. So while I was saying that, I never put myself in that position in my head. I didn't see myself doing it. It just turned out that somebody else did and gave mm-hmm. me the opportunity. At the time, the only other two in-house image experts worked for Disney, one wow. on the coast. And that, that was understandable. Nobody could quite figure out why a bank was doing it. But in the end, the result was tangible. So I did that for the next five years. And when, and did, you, when did you leave the bank and move into opening your own consulting business? Well, interestingly, while I was at the bank, I had my own consulting business. And I even had my own consulting business with the permission of the bank because it never took time away from them. I was already working 80 hours a week. But I was working, we would call it nine to five, uh, nine to nine for the bank and then nine to nine for me. So oh. I had my private consulting going at the same time that I was working full time at the bank 
And so when the opportunity came uh, in February of 1999, I received a call from the dean of NYU's business school, the undergraduate school of business, asking if I would create a curriculum for the business school in professional skills. And I jumped at the opportunity, and that was when I actually left the bank Mm. and went independent full-time. That's cool. Yeah, so it's been a while. It's been long. I haven't counted in a while, but it's been a while. Well, so. Um, so can you give us a few tips? What can men and women do easily to improve their image? I absolutely can. So I say the first thing you need to do is look in the mirror and ask yourself one question. Am I showing up? as my very best, as who I am today? Or am I showing up as the person I was at some point in the past, whether it's the last time you felt successful, the last time you felt beautiful, the last time you received a compliment, the last time you received a big contract? How are you showing up is number one. Give yourself an honest, albeit silent, you don't have to say it out loud, but look in the mirror and be honest with yourself and try to figure out when was the last time you actually paid attention to this part of you. Because how you show up tells the world not only how you see yourself, it tells the world how to receive you and ultimately how to reward you. So if you're not showing up as the person you are truly today, moving into tomorrow, then you're counting on the old you to introduce the future you, and that's never going to happen. Mm. So you need to be as current as you possibly can. It doesn't mean you have to be a fashion model. It means you have to be current and relevant and fresh in your appearance and in your personal brand just as you are in your content and your currency. So those are the things that have to be aligned. We have to align your inside with your outside so that when people meet you, they immediately feel connected. They immediately, who you are, because you're creating the same message from the inside out. It's not where you're opening your mouth with all this cutting-edge information, but your outside is betraying you to about 15 years ago. Mm. So that's, mm. that's where a lot of people get caught. So number one is just give yourself a quick assessment and be honest. It's sometimes painful. The second is to go into your closet and look at the clothes that you reach for every single day. Which are the ones that are your workhorses, which are the ones that are actually getting the job done for you? And what are the other things doing there? Are they taking your time? Are they taking your attention? Are they distracting you? Are all the things in your wardrobe your supporting cast? Are they working for you so that you can get up and out every morning looking and feeling your absolute best so that when you close the door behind you, you officially belong to the world, and you never have to worry about, am I appropriate, am I inappropriate, am I too casual, am I too formal? You are actually armed and ready for whatever comes during the course of that day, whether it means you start in a suit, but you ultimately peel down by taking the jacket off, maybe rolling up your shirt sleeves. Do you have a tie handy in case you need one? These are the places that people fall down is when they leave their, the, the security of their wardrobe and they go out into the world and then an occasion arises and they don't feel at the top of their game to take advantage of 
take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of them. And it may be that you wore jeans and a ratty shirt that day because you didn't think you were going to see anybody, and all of a sudden you get a call that the person you've been waiting to meet with is at the hotel around the corner and is, is available to meet with you in 20 minutes. Are you able to say yes to that and not have to open your greeting with an apology? Mm. that says, Mm -hmm. if I had known I was going to see you, I would have dot, dot, dot. And it could be a million and one things, but it happens every day. What about those of us who work at home, and, you know, because I work out of a home office and I'm going to work out at the gym during the day, so, you know, a lot of times the clothes I'm reaching for are, are my yoga clothes. And there are a lot of us who do that. I'm I'm right in there with you. <laughs> and the one day, the one day I got caught at my desk, still in my nightie, still in my nightie at the computer at 12:30 in the afternoon. I'd been up since uh-huh. 5:30, and I was just working, right? Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, it's 12:30, and the phone rings, and the person I've been wanting to meet with for weeks is in town and has a break in her schedule. And can I be there in 20 minutes? Uh. And so it was a hard-earned lesson that said it doesn't matter what you're wearing so much because especially today, yoga pants, you know, lots of people are wearing transitional clothes to different kinds of events, but it still means that you have something with you, whether it's a jacket or a pair of shoes or a decent pair of earrings or you've at least put on your makeup if that's your thing, then you can show up feeling complete and whole and not open the conversation with a an apology. It's all about saying, I'm so grateful that you thought to call me when you had this window and just move on from there and mm. don't feel so insecure about, you know, the last minute situation and say, oh my God, I just ran over here from the gym. I'm so har- sorry. I haven't washed my hair in three days and I didn't have any makeup with me. And, and <laughs> I'm totally, I would never have said yes to you. Well, guess what? You should have said no. If that's how you're going to open the conversation, you should have said no. Because at that point, you are not going to be at your best. And at that point, you've already taken away your opportunity because the other person can work as hard as they want to make you feel okay about it. But now that's really the conversation that you've got is Mm. I I took advantage of the opportunity, but, you know, I'm really not at the top of my game. And you don't want to do that. What practical suggestions do you have for those of us who work out of a home office? Should we I get say, up always dip right away, get it over with so we're, we can come home and shower and be ready? Or what do you say? Uh, yes, I say get, get the workout done either at the beginning of the day or at the end. If you do it in the middle, then at least understand that if you're going in the middle of the day, you want to take something with you that should an opportunity arise, you can at least shower and clean up at the gym and show up not apologizing. So mm. you either have to have your tool bag packed, right? So it's easier tools. You want to make sure that you've got, um, if you're going to go out in yoga pants, then at least have a great jacket and top to put over it. Mm-hmm. Be able to change out of your sneakers and put on even a flat shoe, but something something that you feel means business rather than I just left the gym. Um, mm-hmm. And then, again, if you're, at, if you're at home and you're working in soft clothes, then same rules apply. Have your things available to you. Have your things at the ready. It may just be a um, 
a good-looking sweater or a nice soft jacket that goes over your athleta pants or your Lululemon pants that Mm -hmm. turns it into an outfit with a small heel or a little chunky boot that turns it into an outfit. But there are many ways to take simple, easy pieces and make them look like a whole lot more if you if you amp them up with a jacket and a top. That's really going to be the answer to taking soft clothes. It can be a soft jacket. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a you know sturdy blazer type thing. It can be a soft fitted jacket, but it's not something that you would wear at the gym. It's something that you're taking to up level the clothes that you're wearing already. So I, today things are so much more casual, and you know those of us who who work from home still need to have those more formal pieces available to us and you need to have a wardrobe that's ready to work for you. But Mm -hmm. you also know that a lot of times you're going to be meeting prospects at, uh, where was it? We met, we met at a coffee shop the first time and um, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a Starbucks, but something like that. And you're going to be meeting people in alternative venues and that's fine. You don't have to be all suited and armored up. What you do have to know is that you've built your wardrobe. You have designed your look with intention so that no matter what you grab, no matter what you put together, you have things that work for you so that you don't have to apologize when you walk in the door. Because in your head, I don't want you apologizing. In your head, I want you knowing that you've done the work and that you feel great and you look great and you can just walk in and be who you are. You don't have to be suited up. You can be soft-suited. And that's Mm. uh, that's, that's really how it breaks down is what does your industry and what do your audiences expect from you and how do you design that into your wardrobe? I mean, I don't wear suits, but I certainly have coordinating pieces that when I put them together, they can be more structured or they can be less structured. And mm-hmm. it depends who I'm, who I'm meeting. So I'm going to design that look, but I have all the pieces in place and my clients have all the pieces in place so that they know they're not making a mistake. And that's really key is what's the, what goes on in your head before you actually walk in the door to meet someone you've been waiting to meet for a long time. And also what goes on in your head when you meet a stranger and you start to talk about, you know, who you are and what you do. When they look at you, do they even believe you? Is there a possibility <laughs> that they could believe you? I remember when I lived on 75th Street and Broadway and I had Fairway right across the street. I had to think twice before I would just run out to pick something up at Fairway because notoriously in that checkout line, which was always so long, or in the cheese department, you would start chatting with somebody and it would turn out to be a great client prospect. So why why lose the opportunity? Otherwise, I would put on dark glasses and just walk around and not talk to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So you're really talking about self-confidence. I'm talking about setting yourself up so that you can be your very best all the time. It doesn't mean you have to be, you know, suited up all the time. It means you have to have made an intentional effort to know that you are confident at any given time. And and these exercises, these are the tools that give you the confidence. These are the things that you've designed that support you to make you confident everywhere you go, no matter no matter what. And even at the gym, Tracy, even at the gym, you want to look and feel great because chances are you're going to start talking to the person next to you. Mm. So a lot of my clients used to start out wearing their husband's or boyfriend's oversized ratty T-shirts and and a pair of leggings. Guilty, guilty. (laughs) You see, total sabotage. How about 
your own gym clothes. How about something that actually works for you? Because that's, that's who you are. That's who you truly are. You're not that person di- disappearing inside uh, your husband's oversized old ratty T-shirt. And we know that. So showing up in these places where you would potentially meet someone of interest, even for you, you could be meeting independent artists and original thinkers uh, at the gym, but chances are when you show up like that, you're probably not talking to a lot of people. No, I go, and a lot of times, you know, I go to the gym and I I get on the machine and I'm editing my pages I've written that day. You know, I'm not even looking at other people. Right, but they could be looking at you. You never know who you're missing. (laughs) <laughs> that's true. You never know who you who or what you're missing, and that's that's really the point. It's not that I don't want you to be comfortable. I want you to be absolutely comfortable from the inside out and head to toe, and that comfort should result in confidence, not in a need to hide. Mm, mm. That's so that's, comfort, that's really what it comfort comes down that to. results in confidence. Yeah, not in a need to hide. Well, let's take a quick – Lauren, are you there? I am here. Oh, good. So let's take a quick break. As I told you, I have a 30-second – I now have a 30-second commercial, uh, which I got on 5RR, so I'm going to go ahead and play it. So I'm not going to mute you. Let's, I'm just going to play the commercial, okay? And then we'll come back, and I, and I want to hear about your book. When you find an author you love, you read everything they publish. International best-selling author Tracy L. Slatton is one of those writers. Her book Immortal is a rags-to-riches-to-burnt-at-the-stake story of an orphan boy in Renaissance Florence. Broken is the story of a fallen angel in Nazi-occupied Paris and her award-winning romantic paranormal dystopian after-book series. Also, her bittersweet sci-fi romantic comedy, The Love of My Other Life. Read one and you will be hooked. Find all of her books at TracyLSlatton.com. So that's my new commercial. <laughs> I love it. It's fun, right? I think it's and it's short. So tell us about your book, Image Matters, First Steps on the Journey to Your Best Self. Uh, my book originally came out in 2002. Uh, it was literally me documenting the process that I use with clients and the things that I had learned through my journey with private clients and watching them grow into uh, the place that they wanted to be. So while we would start in the mirror, it would often end up that we were either uh, decorating their house or, um, you know, talking about their physical health. We were uh, not just focusing on their wardrobe, but we were focusing on their relationships, their social self and what they were doing at work. And as a result, all of those pieces ended up in the book. And while it starts with yourself and your self-image and all about your purpose and and your personal style lead into appearance and wardrobe, uh, hair, makeup, if that's relevant for you. But from there, it really became more. And it's been uh, it's been a great a great piece. My clients seem to love it. People who have mm-hmm. read it have uh, positive feedback from it. It's, it's a workbook and a reading book. It was designed with great intention to take 45 minutes to read cover to cover because at the time I really believed that the train ride from Westchester to Wall Street was about the only time people gave to a book read. 
And if mm. you didn't grab them by then, then they weren't coming back. So you can read through it very, very quickly. You can start anywhere, whatever category or chapter is most relevant for you. There are exercises in each chapter. And then there's even kind of a cheat sheet at the back called Instant Image Matters, where if you don't even want to dig into the whole thing and you just want to get a flavor, you can start at the back and work your way back to the front. But it, uh, we released a 10th anniversary edition in 2012, and it's been doing really well. It's the kind of information that uh, it's, it's kind of evergreen, right? So we mm-hmm. either do this in our lives or we don't. And if this is important to you and if you're feeling like you're in a place where you want to, you want to do something on your own and you're not really ready to commit to a whole big, um, a whole big transformation working with a private consultant or, or hiring someone like me or even going to Nordstrom and working with a personal shopper, uh, you can take some steps on your own to give yourself a little direction and actually identify what's working for you, what's not working for you, and and figure out what steps would be right for you. So it's been it's been a great piece, uh, and I'm I, I get excited about it every time because people read it, and they always walk away with two, three, or ten tidbits, and that's what it was to be able to, you know, for fifteen dollars do something on your own that lets mm-hmm. you feel good about the process. Yeah, I have the book. I have the 2002 edition, and it, it was great. I remember loving it. It was. It's a really great book, and I would encourage my listeners to buy it. Thank you. They can find it at Amazon or VNN.com, and it's actually in Kindle as well. And so can you tell us what are some of the most important ideas um, that people should keep in mind when they're selecting their clothing for the day? I like to start with a... I just sweep the calendar, right? Who's on my calendar today and where am I going? What am I doing? How do I want to feel? Who do I want to be? And then I walk into my closet and I put those pieces together. And it may be that I'm going from breakfast with a prospect uh, to a meeting with the banker to lunch with friends and then meeting with a client later in the afternoon and dinner with that same client in the evening at a business club. So that's that's just an example of a day, and it's not an extraordinary day. It's not unusual, uh, but I still need to be able to get dressed once and carry myself all the way through. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the system. It's when you wake up, you have a system in place that allows you to say, okay, I want to be comfortable, so I'm going to wear – a lower shoe, in my case, I, I go. I start with the shoes. <laughs> uh-huh. what, what shoes do I want to wear? And, and then I design my outfit around it. Or I may decide that I want to wear a particular jacket, and then I'll design around that. And it may be that I put on a pair of plaques with a jacket or a long coat that I tend to like, and I might wear it with a lower shoe earlier in the day, and then I might put on my heel later in the day and let that carry me through. But I pack a bag. I always have a little tote bag handy that I can throw the things in if I'm not going to be coming back home at any point during the day, if I'm not going to be somewhere that I can uh, physically change. And, and Tracy, that's an interesting dynamic. You and I were talking about switching coasts. So going Mm -hmm. from New York City where you literally carry everything on your back for the entire day versus Mm -hmm. moving out to California where I can actually pack my trunk with everything I need for the day. Right. 
And right. it, it gives me different options. So I do think about things a little bit differently now, but I do tend to stick with the how can I carry the least because that's really what you want to do. And even when I worked at the bank, um, not just I, but every woman in the bank I knew had a drawer full of shoes. So we would wear our walking shoes to work. We would change into our business shoes. And then we would also have an alternative if we were going out to dinner. So the whole idea is just to prepare yourself for what's ahead. And if you know approximately what's coming in the course of the day, then you can be ready for it. And I may not need a jacket early on in the day, but I still want to have one handy because the opportunity may arise that I need one. And sometimes it's that extra piece that makes all the difference, especially for women, because being able to put on a jacket if you're going to be meeting with men always (laughs) gives you the opportunity to take up more space, no matter how large or small a woman is, she takes up less physical space than a man. So the opportunity is to create your look so that it gives you an equivalent level of space and you always walk in feeling powerful in whatever Mm. situation. If you choose to take it off, then that's great. But you always have the option. And I find that having the option and having coordinated pieces is what's given my clients, men and women, the opportunity to really feel like they could go from meeting A to meeting B without having to change their clothes. It's literally as simple as having a jacket handy, wearing um, a shirt, whether you're doing it with jeans or not. Dark wash jeans go more places than light wash jeans. So if you want them to go with you from day into evening, I tend to stick with dark wash jeans and keep the light wash for the more casual days. Mm Mm-hmm. Something as simple as that. Having a shoe that has a a heel or a sole for men also, not a sneaker, not necessarily an athletic shoe, but having a shoe that has a sole will automatically dress up a pair of jeans and a shirt. Having shoes that match your belt for the men. Uh, For the women, coordinating whether it's your shoes in the bag. A lot of women like to coordinate the shoes in the bag or whatever you're actually comfortable coordinating, making it look like you put together an outfit with intention, that it didn't happen by accident. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you weren't doing the sniff test. It wasn't about what's clean today. <laughs> it's, about, it's about what actually works together. And you've given it thought so that when you show up in any room, you actually own that room. Mm-hmm. I like people to be able to walk into any space and commit what I call the silent sale. It means when you walk in the door, people look at you, and they immediately want to know who you are. You're a person of interest. You're someone Mm -hmm. who has done something different. You don't show up looking like the crowd. There's something immediately unique about you, whether it's a vibration, whether it's a combination of your look and your, your energy that create that vibration, it's a coolness, it's a confidence. You walk into that space and you bring that with you. And that's what people notice. They notice that when you walk into a space, you change the energy for the good. You bring that's something cool. important. I am all it's, about it's the very energy. cool. <laughs> you know, even Bruce Coville, who is a children's book author, when he was on the show a month ago, he said, we're invested in our vestments. He was talking about clothing and women putting on a jacket, you know, to to have more power, basically. 
We are absolutely in our vestments. It's true. It's very true. And we want to deny it, unfortunately. We would like to believe that image doesn't matter, which, in fact, was the work. The working title of my book was Maybe Image Shouldn't Matter, dot, 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 but it does. Mm-hmm. And then one night I woke up in the middle of the night and said, okay, I at least need to take a stand for this and just come out and be clear. Image matters. And mm-hmm. you don't, we want to look at Hollywood and say that's ridiculous or we want to look around us and, and see all the marketing and say that it doesn't apply to us, but it does. We mm-hmm. don't have to take it to the, to the extent that they do but we definitely need to appreciate the value making ourselves feel good and then show up and share that. Because when we feel good, when we look good, we feel good. When we feel good, we make others feel good. And Mm -hmm. that's really how the relationship starts. It's that if you're not worried about you and you're not apologizing for you, then you can pay more attention to me. And mm. when you're with me and you're focusing on me, then you become very important to me. And these are all the pieces of the process that are then able to allow us to go out and do business. And do, I don't care if it's not do business, do whatever you want, but do it with intention so that when you show up or when you are supposed to show up, people are looking forward to that. Mm. People look forward to seeing you. They look forward to being in your company. They want to be in your space because you bring that that quiet confidence. You bring that strength with you. And we all have it inside. And a lot of us are using it in terms of our our content production or our expertise, our technical expertise. And yet when we show up, we don't bring that same energy with us. And it's not that we can't. It's that we either haven't paid attention to it or we simply don't know how. Mm. And that's, that's really the key, is to be honest with yourself about when you look in the mirror, is this actually the best you can be? You know, would you be hired for ab- absolutely any opportunity if you showed up looking just like you are right now? What would it take to go into your closet, reshop your closet, so that you would put yeah, together I- looks that actually work? I saw a posting online um, that you had commented on or perhaps written. It was a shop your closet posting. Could you talk about that, about shopping your closet? So what happens is we, we put our clothes into our closet and we kind of forget about them, right? We know they're there, but we don't necessarily pay attention. And we tend to start wearing the same combinations over and over again. So what I do when I walk into a closet is I'm a fresh eye. And I walk in and say, okay, don't tell me what you've been wearing. Let's see what we can put together here. And we go through the closet and we say, you know, these are the things you reach for most often. That's great. Here are the things you haven't worn in the last two years. Those we automatically get rid of. And we're, we're approaching your wardrobe and your closet like a boutique. So if mm-hmm. I were to walk into a boutique, men's or women's, what would I go for first? Which outfits would call to me first? Which garments? represent you for me immediately and those are the same things you can do in your own closet you need to walk in with a fresh eye which means initially you you probably want to go through and do a closet cleanse which is actually in chapter two of my book that Mm -hmm. you can go through pull out the things that you haven't worn that you know you're not going to wear and let's just be realistic you've either put on weight you've taken off weight um 
these things don't need to take up space in your main wardrobe. If you have physical space and you want to put them downstairs, if you don't want to get rid of them for whatever reason, then just take them out of your working wardrobe because mm-hmm. the only things that should be resident in your working wardrobe are the things that are actually working. So then once we've got that cleared, then you've probably got two categories. You've got the things I reach for all the time and love, 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 and they love me back. And then you've got the things that I put on and I take off, I put on, take off. I know I should be able to wear this. I just don't know how. Mm -hmm. So then you look at those two combinations together and you start to remix the pieces in ways that you've not worn them before. So we know the outfits that you go for uh, over and over again. We don't want to use those. We really want to start thinking about, can I wear this jacket with a different pant? Can I Mm -hmm. wear this pant with a different top, or how would I remix this, and do I have all the pieces so that everything in my closet can work for me in three or four different combinations? That's the goal. How hard can you get your existing wardrobe to work for you, and can you put each of the pieces into at least three or four different combinations? Mm. At that point, you have a very solid working wardrobe, but my guess is that you're going to be making a wish list at the same time because you're going to find that you're missing certain pieces. Gee, I really need a long sleeve black top if I want to wear this without a jacket. Mm. Or, or I, really need a, I really need a new white cotton shirt because this one is kind of yellowed and I've been wearing it anyway. But, okay, we don't want to do that anymore. So you want to start looking at the pieces that are working for you, remix them, and evaluate them. Do they need to be replaced? Are they... Are the cuffs or the um, hems or seams, are they pulling? Are they fraying? Are you missing buttons on a piece? Are the collars yellowed? Is it stained and you just haven't realized it? And that's that's just the nature of the beast, right? You come home, you take your clothes off, you may put it in the laundry or send it to the cleaners. It doesn't always come back necessarily clean. Mm-hmm. and you haven't really inspected it, and then you go to put it on one day, and you see you've got this big black spot right in front, and you didn't know it. Now you have to reach for something else, and now you're off your game again. Do you mm-hmm. have pieces in your closet that will remix with that same idea? Can you can you re-coordinate something very quickly? So it's worth taking a little bit of time to, I like the term invest in your vestments, and literally spend some time with your clothes just look them over. Are they all in perfect condition? Could you pull them out in a minute and wear them if you had to? And now look at your closet once you've taken out the things that you don't wear and you're looking at the things that you do. What pieces do you need to add in to make it more complete for you so that everything can work harder? And it's not like you need to add a lot of pieces. It's often, gee, I need a new black shoe or, gee, I could use a shoe that's not black or I do need new white shirts, something like well, that. Well, what, what um, are, like, basic basics for women, like for professional women? What are some of the basic basics that they should start with? I always recommend a great suit that's three pieces, a jacket, a skirt, and a pair of pants. If you never wear skirts, then forget about it and just go for the jacket and the pants. But I like to have the option of a jacket, a skirt, and pants that all coordinate back and forth and that can also all be separated. So they don't have to be black. They don't have to be navy blue. They can be whatever color or pattern really works for you so long as you're going to mix them up and be able to spread them out around the closet. 
I then recommend a great black slack and a great white blouse, a cashmere sweater, a leather jacket, an outerwear coat, a pair of boots, a great pair of heels, and a great pair of flats. Hmm. From there, you can add anything. But those are basic key pieces. Oh, and I don't think I mentioned a pair of jeans, so a great pair of dark wash jeans. Because then you've got a sweater and a top that can go with the pants and the skirt on their own or with a jacket or potentially with a leather jacket. That leather jacket and those tops can go with jeans, and all of that can go under a great outerwear coat, whether it's a transitional trench that has a removable lining or if you're in a climate where you need a separate trench and a separate outerwear winter-type weather coat. Um, but it only takes about 12 pieces to build a fabulous starting wardrobe. Mm. And from there, you can you can add on. You can add sleeveless tanks to go under the jacket. You can add other long sleeve tees. You can add different styles of tops. But so long as you have a trouser that matches and coordinates with everything, a black trouser that will clearly mix and match with everything, a jean, then you've really got your basics handled. And then mm-hmm. on top, you want to have a selection of if you like button-down shirts or if you like over-the-head kind of tanky tees, depending on what you like. Lightweight cashmere is great because it works in cool and uh, warm weathers. And so that will transition with you beautifully into an office, out of an office, into air condition, out of, out of heat, wherever you're going, that kind of thing really works. Um, I love a great leather jacket because you can throw it on with a skirt and take it out with a pair of boots or you can, you know, put it on with your jeans. So whether it's a blazer style or a bomber style or a, a biker style, whatever you like best, whatever works for you. And again, um, a couple of great outerwear pieces. And then literally the, the heels, the boots, and the flaps, those three options will take you just about everywhere. Mm-hmm. And what, Did I miss anything story? that you love? Um <laughs> yoga jeans, yoga pants. <laughs> well, and again, found, I found a company you, called Beta Brands. They make these sort of slightly upscale, they're kind of upscale black yoga pants that you can kind of pretend aren't yoga pants. I don't know. Do you know Beta Brand? I do know Beta Brand, and they're designed like a five-pocket jean, so they have that look, and they have a really nice fit, and you can definitely use them as as your black trouser. Yeah, so I really appreciate those because I can move around. The thing about wearing yoga clothes a lot, and I have a daily yoga practice, so I know that at some point during the day I will be doing yoga, is that you get used to the comfort of being able to move freely in clothes, and that's really nice. It is nice, and they're not the only clothes that allow that kind of comfort, but certainly if you know at some point and you don't know exactly when in the course of your day you're going to do it, then a look like that can absolutely work for you. I mean, the beta brand pants with a cashmere sweater and a leather jacket, and you could go out every day. I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) But it's a great idea. Well, what's a great story of someone's transformation? You don't have to give name names, but is there, can you talk about someone that you worked with them and kind of the changes in their life that ensued? Oh, absolutely. I think one of my favorites is one of my first, and I was, so nervous, I can't even begin to tell you, but this woman was sent to me because she was becoming the spokesperson for a national 
uh, a national association, a health association, and it was because her child suffered from the disease, and she was a really big, staunch supporter, and they were they wanted to give her a very public presence. And she came to me. Um, she didn't have any front teeth, and her hair was. Um, it was a little bit like a Brillo pad. And it was very interesting. I, I remember thinking to myself, okay, if I can do this, I can do anything. <laughs> wow. uh-huh. And it was in that moment. And I worked with the folks at Saks Fifth Avenue. We had a great time. First, first of all, we sent her, the organization paid for her dental work and got her a full set of beautiful teeth. And they really invested in her, which was a beautiful thing. She came to me. We did her hair. We gave her a makeup lesson. She she lived on a farm in Indiana. She was really not a city slicker in any sense of the word. She was not a public figure. She wasn't quite prepared to go there, but she wanted it. Mm-hmm. And it was a week-long transformation because, you know, a lot of these transformations, and this is very extreme, most of them, are not this extreme, but they have the same effect, is that, is that you, you want something badly and you're willing to go for it, but you still need to take time to integrate what, it, what, the, what the work is. I mean, she hasn't seen herself with teeth. Imagine waking up one morning with a beautiful smile. So wow. you, need to be able to, you need to be able to receive that for yourself. It takes a week or two to get used to the way you look, and then they literally airdrop you into Saks Fifth Avenue in Midtown Manhattan with a stylist and and a whole team who are going to make you over because in a couple of weeks you're going to be out on the national platform. And at the time, there you know, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of excitement. It all gets wrapped up into one. There were a lot of tears. There were some, you know, meltdowns. There were some ice cream breaks as a result of it. <laughs> I, rem- I remember sending out for a lot of a lot of Hagen Dazs. <laughs> but at the end of the week, she had a beautiful wardrobe. She understood the value of foundation garments. She understood how taking her message from the inside and being able to show up on a national platform in front of cameras, in front of uh, in front of media, in front of audiences of strangers, and in front of people who struggled and suffered uh, through their their children's illness, like like she had. I mean, she had so many beautiful messages to deliver. And I remember when she walked out the last time, she said to me, "You know, I really feel as beautiful as my message, and I have you oh. to thank for that." Oh, that's amazing. And, of course, then I cried, and I had to go get ice cream. So, oh yeah, that must stay with but you. That that stays with me, and that was an early shift. I mean, there was also there was the gentleman at the bank, the, the brilliant. He was an MIT PhD who had immigrated from Russia. He he was at the bank, and he had his career had been kind of stalled because of his image, not because of his talent. And his wife called me one day and said, please, can you make my husband look vice presidential? <laughs> and, and it was true that his, he would be, if he would be promoted to vice president, that would make all the difference for him and for her, obviously. And so that resulted in a shopping, a shopping expedition for the two of them with me. 
and we made them both vice presidential. And then, in fact, he did get promoted, and and their life did take off in a different direction. And and these are things that that happen every day because there are everyday people who just need a little guidance and a little direction to get them off into the next phase of you know their lives. And these are things you. It's kind of like dentistry. You can't do it to yourself. <laughs> So you really do just need somebody who can guide you, and it doesn't have to be a lifelong relationship, although I do have clients who have been with me for 10 years and more, and I love them, and we love each other, and and it's fun, and that's why they stick with me, also because they get the results from the results, so they get what Mm -hmm. they're looking for. And even a client I'm going to meet with this afternoon who is, she has already got, she's got such a big life, and she's had such a big career but the one thing she couldn't she couldn't do was get out of her closet feeling really mm-hmm. great and being able to live the day that I described for you earlier. Like literally have all of those meetings and feel like you're appropriate for all of that no matter what your day brings. And just the opportunity to create a cohesive system for her that allows her to travel in a carry-on for a week at a time and mm-hmm. or or more or just get out get out of her closet early in five minutes, like literally oversleep your alarm and be able to pull yourself together knowing you're you're looking fabulous and you've got everything you need. You haven't forgotten anything. You're not wearing one black shoe and one blue shoe. You need mm-hmm. that everything that you need in place and a system that allows her to live a very fast-paced, high-powered life. And I, I'm thrilled and honored. It's, it's a privilege, Tracy. You know, it really is. Mm-hmm. I never, ever, I never, ever take it for granted that people invite me into their lives, and if I can make it better for them, then I have done my job. As long as it makes them happy, it helps them get to where they want to go, that's what I do. And whether it's image, if it's etiquette, if it becomes part of your, you know, some of your communications or your behaviors are not quite right or you're heading into a a scene that you don't know, um, you're heading overseas, you've not encountered the culture before, if I can help you, take a few steps, learn a few words, move into that more comfortably. If it's about dining and you're not sure how to host, uh, you know, host a big deal, host a small dinner, host a private guest, whatever it is. I mean, these are all pieces of your self-image. This is all of what, it's all aspects of self-presentation. It's how you show up, how you look, and what you do as a result of showing up that will seal the deal, build the relationship, create the opportunity I'm the one who's here in the background really just rooting for you. My only agenda is your greatest success. Lauren, you've been so amazing. We're almost out of time. We have like a minute left. So could you just tell my listeners how they can contact you again about your website? Absolutely and happy to at Lauren Solomon, L-A-U-R-E-N, Solomon, all O's, S-O-L-O-M-O-N.com. And I would love to hear from anyone who has questions or would like support or assistance, and you can always reach me there. So, Lauren, thank you so much. You were amazing, and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all these ideas with my listeners and me. Thank you. Thank thank you for having me. So, uh, bye-bye. So that was the amazing Lauren Solomon, a really wonderful person, and I worked with her, and I can tell you how awesome she is. And um, so keep checking the website. We've got some guests coming on. Next week I'm on sabbatical. So have a great few weeks and until next time. Bye-bye. 
This has been Tracy L. Slatten on the Independent Artists and Thinkers Network. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week.